0: On March the 26th, I am once again going to put on a Beatles act. And it's going to be exactly 60 years to the day since the Beatles played in Mansfield for the final time. Because the thing about the Beatles coming to Mansfield was, they didn't just come once, they came twice. Oh, Oh, yes. Well, it's not in the north, and it's not in the
1: south. In fact, it's banging. Yeah. Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire. Hello and welcome to the 11th episode, can you believe it, of Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, the podcast about Liverpool, no sorry, not about Liverpool, about Mansfield, a town in North Nottinghamshire. Although there is a bit of this one that is a bit about a musical group from Liverpool who may once or twice have performed in Mansfield. Anyway, um, as ever, it's presented by me, Robert Shaw, and by my mother. Say hello mum. Hello, ma'am. Oh, she does that every time, doesn't she? Now, Mum, would you describe yourself as Beatles or Stones? Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Beatles. You're a Beatles fan rather than a Rolling Stones fan. Apparently you can divide the world down the middle according to which band you prefer. So why are you a Beatles fan, Mum? Uh Is it because you've got lots of spiders in your house? Yes. Okay. Are there any other reasons?
2: Well, they're better looking than... Than Stones, uh, you think so? Maybe I thought the Beatles were more my, more me at the time.
1: Yes, nice young men, nice haircuts, good suits.
2: Absolutely. I heard a rumor
1: that, um, in actual fact, John Lennon was from High Oakham and Paul was from Sutton, and that was the uh, that was the sort of rift in the band. Uh, what do you think about that? Lies. Anyway. One thing we do know is that the Beatles, amazingly, did perform in Mansfield twice. And the Rolling Stones also performed in Mansfield. They performed at this uh, um, famed venue, the Granada. And, um, you know, and for a period in the 1960s, late 50s, 1960s, it drew amazing uh, act to the very heart of Mansfield. It's very exciting. Now, you used to, it was a cinema in the first place and you went to the Granada as a cinema, didn't you, Mum? Yes, I did. And what did you see?
2: Well, the last, the last film I remember seeing was a film with Old Mother Riley, was it? Yes. Old, Old Mother, Mother Riley. Riley film. Yeah,
1: well, that was with Kitty McShane, I think.
2: Yes, it was, yes, that's who it was with and it was very funny and, uh I can't remember the uh, everything it was about. But I remember it being a most enjoyable afternoon
1: wonderful and did you go to did you go to the granada often
2: uh no, I think sometimes perhaps it was a bit upmarket market in some ways i I probably went to the other the other cinemas in Mansfield what were they one was the Empire. And there was the Grand. Yeah, there was a time when there was there were many
1: cinemas in Mansfield, but the Granada was the, sort of the chicest, wasn't it? And it had a world. Yes, extra. it
2: was. It had got it um, because it got um it got an organ there and uh and a good a good restaurant and you know it was it was a nice spot. Yeah.
1: So this show then, this particular edition of the podcast is really dedicated to memories of of the Grenada, And we're very lucky to have as our guest, uh, Watko, who is a brilliant presenter on Mansfield 103.2, and also sort of archivist of, um, of the venue. And uh, he's got some amazing events that he's lined up for next year, which sort of celebrate the memory of the Granada, which closed in 1973, which will be 50 years ago next year. So uh, we're very excited to be talking to Watco about that. And um, in actual fact, why don't we just cut to the chase and go straight over to that conversation now, Mum? What do you think? I'd enjoy that. Would you? Yes. Good. Welcome to the show. Um, We have The Voice of uh, Mansfield 103.2. I'm now going to step back from that and say one of the voices because I wouldn't want to insult the other presenters but it is the magnificent Ian Watkins Watco and uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
0: Well I'm a massive fan um, so thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh you're welcome and uh, we are going to be discussing your work in relation to the Granada which was uh, for many years the home of of sort of big going out nights in Mansfield. If you wanted to go and see, ooh, I don't know, popular musical entertainment troupe, let's say the Beatles, then you would have gone to see them at the Granada. But let's, let's put off the Beatles for a second and we'll just... Um, so the first, so this was a, an entertainment venue that existed in Mansfield from what was it? It was uh, created in 1930 under a different name and it survived into the 70s when it was replaced by Littlewoods and then by Primark. So if
0: you go to the site of Primark today, that's, that's where it was, wasn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. In fact, it's now been gone longer than it was in existence, which is kind of weird, isn't it, for a building which was such a hub of, of entertainment for the town, sort of like the beating heart, really, of um, the entertainment world in Mansfield.
1: Yeah. So you, you've sort of started an archive, haven't you? How long ago did you start collecting up memories about and material
0: related to the Granada? To the Granada? Well in fact it it all starts really with the Beatles. So you mentioned the Beatles to start off with. Um, My dad um, saw the Beatles play at the Granada back in 1963 and I've always been a big Beatles fan. My dad used to always say I went to see the Beatles in Mansfield. I'm like in Mansfield? Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah they came to Mansfield. I saw them and they weren't top of the bill. Um, They played with Helen Shapiro. So I was like, wow, my dad has been to see the Beatles. How cool is that? And um, that sort of piqued my interest in the actual venue itself, because obviously I went to see the Beatles, but the place doesn't exist anymore. Uh, So I started to do a bit of research around it. And um, 10 years ago, or just coming up to 10 years ago, I put on um, a little gig. Um, with um, St Peter's Church in Mansfield um, and brought a a band, a tribute band, Beatles band to come and play back in Mansfield 50 years on since... um, since the Beatles played. And then since then, for 10 years, I've pretty much been hot on the heels of everything Grenada, because it's not just about the Beatles, it's about all of the things that took place there, you know, the movies that people went to see, the restaurant that was um, above the foyer area, which was a pretty impressive restaurant, um, Silver Service at some points, Um, so people would have obviously go and eat tea cakes tea cakes there at sort of lunchtime but other people would uh, have slap up meals there and and um, various organizations would hold their big meetings there Um, there was a a a fabulous organ a Wurlitzer organ and there was a whole sort of um, sort of another scene just totally based on this particular organ that was that was in the plaza as it started off uh, and then turned into the Granada a little bit later on. So, yeah, I've been collecting, I'd say, for almost 10 years, um, not just memories, uh, which is something that I really love doing, going and interviewing people that used to work there, but um, also trying to collect stuff that um, that actually has a connection to the Granada, which is very, very difficult because a lot of it is paper and em- ephemera. And and as you can imagine, most of that has disappeared over time so it's been difficult to actually find sort of things but I've got a little collection and um a couple of years ago when the pandemic started I thought it'd be really nice to make a website and put as much as I could of my collection and memories and interviews that I did onto the website and so I kind of i, I sort of like the Grenada man in Mansfield so to speak but I, I'm not really the proper Granada man because I never I, I wasn't around when, when it when it was open and I was born in 78 and it closed in 73 and was demolished in the same year so I kind of missed out but there's lots of people that have loads of great memories um, and yeah I just wanted to just keep you know that alive because the cinema scene in Mansfield it's unbelievable, really. Obviously, we've got the Odeon now, which is a fabulous place, and we've got the IMAX screen up there and stuff. But back in the day, Mansell had loads of cinemas. I mean, it's not just the Grenada. There was the Hippodrome, which became the Century, which is was just next to Dame Flogan Street, which is now a car park where the new hotel's gone up. It was um, it was the Bingo Place. Um, there was um, the Grand, which became the ABC, which is now um, was Riley's, the Arena Church, um, the Palace Theatre started life as as a cinema. Um, and there was also the Empire as well, which was just across the road from where the uh, Mansell bus station is. So, you know, that's like what, five uh, cinemas all within a very, very close area, you know, within a two mile radius, really. Um, so cinema and film was just massive, wasn't it? Um, particularly massive, of course, bef- before, the, before the telly came along. Or oh, the telly, the wicked telly. We could do a, the... c- a cinema in the middle of
1: Mansfield now, actually, I think. I think it'd be great to have one back. Just to sort of fill in the history a, a little bit. So when it opened in 1930, it opened, as you said, as the Plaza. Yeah. And it was initially then, principally, it was a cinema, wasn't it, with,
0: as you it said. It was a cinema. Weirdly, it, it was designed by a fellow called um, Alfred thraves who was a Nottingham Ar- architect, and went to the... Um, the sort of the archives in Nottingham and had a look at all of the plans they've they've still got the plans for the cinema which is unbelievable when he initially planned it there was also going to be a ballroom an underground ballroom <laughs> uh, so it's a pretty grand building there was obviously it was it was, it was classed as the East Midlands super cinema but they used to write that a lot in papers say that every cinema was a super cinema I suppose it was supposed to you know set everybody's pulses as a racing um so yeah it, it was granted it had a, a massive a massive restaurant above later becoming a cafe um it had um the obviously one screen it was a one screen cinema most cinemas when they started out one screens, and when then was sort of like cut up into bits at later time um might have, uh, it, it, there was a time when there could have been a ballroom. Can you imagine that? Underneath Westgate, people dancing away the, the night away. But that obviously didn't happen for whatever reason. Maybe it was monetary restraints. Um, and yeah, there was a, a little bit later after it opened, I think it was only about three years, they installed a Wurlitzer organ organ music was was massive. I mean, there's still a massive fan base for it. The Wurlitzer organ uh, was there throughout the whole of the the life of the cinema. And in fact, it's the only part of the cinema that still exists, which is kind of cool, really, because um, somebody locally bought it uh, when the cinema was closing down. Um, Ended up in a shed somewhere, I've been told. Um, It then went to Matlock for a bit and now it is based um, in Scarborough, in a collection in Scarborough, which you, you can actually go and look at it. And um, people do, it's, it, it's working and people do still play it. So the it's organ, the Granada a uh, uh, mantle Granada, because there was lots of these organs about, uh, still in working order, still going. But on the coast in Scarborough, it's retired to the coast. Very nice. Have you been
1: to visit? Have you? Uh...
0: I've not been to visit, but um, um, I've I've been I've been in touch with a guy called Alan Wilson. Now, Alan Wilson, Alan F Wilson, is the the last Granada organist. The man's the, the 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 guy who was the last person really to play the organ. And uh, we keep having this conversation, going, "We got to go over there and get you to play it again." And we'll you know we'll do something for the. For the website so that's something that we've been trying to make happen for some time so hopefully cross fingers cross my fingers. you can't see this as a podcast you know we we can make that happen at some stage i'd love to go and see it i mean I, I don't know where to start when it comes to playing an organ myself but obviously if i take alan with me i can close my eyes and i can ima- you know try my best to imagine it I, i'll be i'll be there you know in the place that um i've been writing about for the last 10 years
1: yeah, we've got to lead a pilgrimage to the Wurlitzer um, on, in Scarborough. And you could uh, yeah, make some footage and put that on the website, which is uh, thegranadamansfield.co.uk, which has, um, I mean, some remarkable images, but also some uh, some remarkable moving images, doesn't it? I mean, there's the... Um, so I was watching yesterday a cine film by uh, made by the projectionist Michael... Malcolm Appleby, rather, um, yeah, yes. 1960, which is just, uh, you know, it's really trippy to watch it, actually, and to think he's looking out over Mansfield from, what was it, the roof of the Granada at the time.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, this is an unbelievable thing. Um, so so uh, over 10 years ago, um, there was um, a group called the Past Lives Project, um, who sort of like go around local areas and they gather up cine film and they create sort of evenings with this cine film to sort of take people back in time and and um, when they came to the area we did quite a bit of work with them sort of publicising what they were doing on the radio station uh, they're fantastic people and um, you know I just you know all archivists you know i just sort of like pray at their feet you know the the work that they do to to just you know keep this kind of stuff alive is amazing Um, so they came and they they found a guy called malcolm appleby um who had um in his possession um some some film which he took in 1960 of um a granada manager arriving in mansfield and heading to his job um, at Granada, this this guy—I forget his name off the top of my head—but um, basically commissioned this film. Um, Malcolm and the other projectionist, chief projectionist Ken Roby, um, who's sadly no longer with us, um, were sort of amateur film takers at the time. And this manager said to them, "Oh, could you like do a little film just so we can mark this event?" I said, "Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course we can." So basically, the film starts. Um, with sort of a pan, as you say, from at the top of the Grenada and you see Westgate, you know, as it as it still looks now, because the film looks at Westgate from the angle that, that Westgate doesn't exist, because as you know, a lot of Westgate was um, was taken out. So sort if of we had our front teeth taken out of um, Westgate to, to make way for the Four Seasons shopping centre and the brand new library and, you know, modernity, you know, it was the, the way forward. Um, so you actually see it as it kind of still looks you know it's like oh yeah but there's a really old car and there's there's, a, there's the market's down there still and uh, so it's really nice view but then we we go to Mantle train station and the guy arrives on the train and he walks um down the stairs still there next to the new bus station uh, from the old from the old train station um past uh, the top of queen street into the marketplace past the courthouse uh, and the the old town hall, and you get a glimpse of the marketplace, which is just amazing. And there's the fun fair in there, the little roundabout in there, and you see all the stalls and the market sort of bustling, like you know. Unfortunately, it doesn't do now, um, not in the way it used to do. But that's a story for another day, probably. And then he walks round the corner into Westgate, and and you get this very, uh, and he he shakes the hand of um, the, the the then manager and he gets invited in and you get this very fleeting glimpse just like the only moving footage of the outside of the granada with a very impressive neon sign and um a red neon sign and it just gives you it's just like oh can we have some more please and it's just that it's over like that and but malcolm very kindly when all the lockdowns you know when you could actually go into people's houses came over to my house uh, we got the tape the the raw footage Um, which actually is long there's there's a lot more footage than there's actually on the website because what happens is then the guy goes to his um his lodgings which is in blidworth and then he goes um to look around um the pit in blidworth and stuff like that so it's a really great you know it's a great piece of you know filming just amazing that it exists so malcolm came over he sort of does a you know, what they do, what they used to do on DVDs, I think they still do DVDs, don't they? Where they have like a little soundtrack of like, he's like, oh yeah, he's going here, he's doing this now. It's it's really lovely. And he sort of tells the story of the event via this little film, which is just on the website. Um, So yeah, go and take a look because it really is a snapshot. You know, you're going back sometime, what, you know, uh, 62 years. Uh, and you and you get to see Mansfield what what did you think when you saw it were you like shocked
1: it was because I mean I've never seen
0: I mean just um, there are you know you
1: see that kind of footage of say London or big cities all the time where you go back you're transported back 60 years and then you see you know the people of your town and they're wearing evening dress and there's something slightly surreal about about that look and I've never seen any the the like of it with Mansfield yeah and and to watch the the chap arriving on the train and then walking down that hill which is a, a walk I still do quite often now and just you know to be transported back in that way and the colors are very vivid um in it as well and uh yeah I, I mean it was a I, I I've never seen the like of it uh in relation to Mansfield and it's very it's very beautiful yeah. bit of uh footage
0: and really it, precious it is lovely and actually you know i would like more people to see it you know yeah um and maybe we'll get the opportunity to do that at some point later next year which we'll probably talk about a little bit later um the yeah you need to mention evening dress in this in the in the film at the end they're, they're sort of like there's there's the uh, staff and they're all sort of dressed up to the nines and that bit of footage you can also it is on the roof of the granada they've gone up to the roof and they're filming this on the roof of the granada and um you can sort of see um the co-op from there and you know you go oh look you could you just get little glimpses you're always sort of pausing it like oh look there's the co-op and this is what you know it's it's a really cool bit of audio and i have to say thank you so much not audio cool bit of um film um footage thank you to malcolm appleby and his wife uh, for, for letting me use it. They've just been absolutely fantastic and they're still extremely supportive of the work that I'm doing. And obviously, as you know, it's all, it's all just hobby stuff really. Um, I did history as a degree um, in Norwich. So, and I'm very interested in social history. So, you know, this sort of feels to me like I'm keeping the, the flame alive of what, you know, the stuff that I did, um, those years ago in in Norwich at the University of East Anglia so yeah this is kind of like it's fun I sort of like sort of go whisper to myself oh I think I'm a maybe I'm like a historian now maybe I can put that on my CV in some way. (laughs) You are definitely a historian.
1: Um, So just to to do the next bit of the um the Granada's history uh in 1954 then it was it had been modernized um and this is is this the moment in which it really becomes a rock and roll venue i mean it
0: can't become a yeah i think i think really that the moment they start to do other things there in terms of like stuff on the stage because they didn't really the, the stage there wasn't really set up for for gigs to be honest with you it's it famously being not very deep so you know the, the, the the, the the acts that came had to be careful not to fall off it um you know into into the whirl its a pit or whatever because the whirlits used to come up and down mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know so um yeah it, it wasn't really built for that to be fair um but television came along and they needed something to sort of liven things up and tr- tr- encourage people to come and you know use use the venue so i think that's where the idea came from I'm not sure. And I think it came from sort of the, the top, really, because um, Granada, as some people may know, um, also ran a TV company. And um, basically, the guys at the top there were like, well, actually, what we could do is, we, you know, TV's proving very popular, but we can take TV on the road and they would like um, send out, you know, um, various shows that were on the TV. People would go and sort of appear at their venues across the country because... Obviously, there Grenadas Granada's dotted around all over the place, a lot of them mostly down south. I think the closest one to us would be probably Granada Grantham. So that's where the idea came, sort of late 50s, let's do stuff. Um, and they would bring shows there. So you'd have, um, you know, you have uh, people that I forget the name of the, uh, forget the name of the act. But basically, it was a radio act and the guy, it was a, a ventriloquist dummy should remember the name but basically this
1: is, Archie no
0: that's it yeah those guys came to okay. came to Mansfield uh <laughs> and yeah so they got to actually see the, the. it's a bit weird that isn't it ventriloquism on the radio it sort of yeah. seems a bit odd but yeah you actually got to see it um at these various venues so yeah it was just a, another way of getting punters through the door spending their money and yeah so it started off with sort of the acts like that and then it sort of became sort of um you know, rock and roll groups of the day. And and that's where it kind of like gets really interesting because, you know, you're having people in Mansfield having conversations. I'm having conversations with people saying, Oh, yeah, I was behind the back of the Granada at the fish shop there. Out, and I bumped into Sam Cook. Like, Sam Cook? What? Really? Yeah, I bumped into Sam Cook and I said, Can I have your autograph? Didn't really know who he was. Gave me his autograph. Yeah, and it was Sam Cook. You know, you send me, you know, that guy and and um on the same bill as sam cook little richard performed in mansfield in 1962 so yeah, it's wild uh, they also put local acts on the stage mostly on sunday nights um so lots of local um bands got the chance to perform one of those that got a little bit bigger was the um, the Fe- shane fenton and the fentones mm. um and they eventually performed on like one of the main sort of like package tours they were called package tours because they would have loads of people on the bill loads of acts it would come on stage for maybe five to ten minutes do their thing get off compare come on right okay you've seen those guys they're in the top 10 here's somebody else from the top 10 it was like it was like fast and furious entertainment but you got the chance to see these big stars Did Alvin Stardust, but probably closed a bit too early for Alvin. Uh, Well, obviously Alvin Stardust um, was Shane Fenton, but then there was another Shane Fenton before Alvin Stardust. Um, Bernard Jury was his real name, but it it, it was weird. Bernard Jury sort of like took on these personas throughout his life. Yeah, by the time Alvin Stardust was a big thing with his glove and uh, my cuckoo and all that kind of stuff, Uh, yeah, the, the days of the big... Um, Gigs at the Grenada were pretty much over. the The last gig, I believe, the last gig there, um, somebody that I actually quite like actually was Slim Whitman, the uh, the yodeling cowboy guy. Um, Mm -hmm. performed there. Can you just just perform a little for us, just just to give Uh, a bit bit of yodeling? Yeah, got um, oh my goodness I, I, look I, I don't know whether um, that's my forte really we'll <laughs> save that for another podcast maybe when you're doing a podcast on yodelling I'll come back and I'll talk all about Slim but yeah so I have people, I've spoken to people who went to that gig that was the last um, was it Take Me Home Kathleen or something like that he sung I can't remember now uh, he sung a lot uh, in, Indian um, call when I'm calling you that one i think indian love call um yeah uh yeah so he was the last gig on the stage but then by that time they weren't really doing very much um at the granada on that front to be honest the sort of the gigs the sort of monthly gigs because that's what they were they were sort of monthly um start to sort of peter out about 1965 but i mean to just give you an idea of some of the people that performed there we've mentioned um that little beat combo called the beatles who relatively well for themselves. Uh, the Rolling Stones performed there, uh, the Ronettes uh, performed um, the, the kinks came a few times. Um, you know I mentioned little Richard was there you know uh, Billy Fury came a few times. Um, you know the, the, all the stars of the day pretty much passed through the Grenada. There are a few sort of package tours that kind of missed the Mansell Granada so I don't think Jerry and the pacemakers ever ever came but the Hollies did um and um the uh freddie and the dreamers came you, know, you were made for me and all that kind of business um uh, and who else missed out oh chuck berry uh, much to my disappointment because i would have loved um to have uh, to have heard stories about chuck berry performing in mansfield but i mean it's just like it's amazing isn't it it's almost like what really you know whenever whenever i tell sort of um uh you know younger people about this like what are you talking about the rolling stones in Mansfield yeah yep rolling stones came to Mansfield how cool is that yeah amazing
1: so now your news tell us about how you're carrying the uh the project forward you've got some exciting things happening
0: yeah sort of. but sort of lockdown was a little bit disappointing because before lockdown um we were planning to do a, an exhibition at the Granada and w- we'd started, we were in conversation and it was, it was going to happen an exhibition of the Granada, sorry, at Mansell museum. Um, and it was going to happen. And then suddenly obviously coronavirus happened. And a lot of my work sort of came to a, came to an ab- abrupt stop because I was going to the Mansell library, going through all the old Chad newspapers, uh, finding out who was on each week. Cause all the adverts were on micro, you know, all of the, the, uh, the ep- the episodes or all, all of the additions are on MicroFish, uh, so I was going through those, finding out you know what was on each week at the at the Granada in terms of the films and and what who was playing. That came to an end, and then obviously you know it was a weird two years, and we I tried to keep doing as much as I could. I always keep searching for you know little bits of memorabilia. Um, last bit that came up was Tommy Steele, um, a, a Granada Mansfield handbill came up on eBay. Managed to manage to win it, which was great. So just kept like you know kept my eye out on things. Tried to update the website as much as I could. So now I feel as we head um, into 2023, touch wood, all being well, um, we can start to make things happen again. And, and next year is kind of a big year because it will be 50 years since the Granada closed. So it makes sense to. Uh, Well, it made sense to reach out, I thought, to Mansell Museum and say, what do you think? Should we have a look? Could we do a little exhibition? And it just so happened they had one little tiny area still available. And um, it was open sort of um, to do something there, actually dead on the dead on the times that I wanted it, because um, we're going to start. And this is this is hot off the press. I did say on Twitter that I did say on Twitter that we're going to do it, but it's going to start on the 1st of April, which is perfect. April Fool's Day, um, definitely where I'm concerned. Um, and it's gonna run through till June at Mansell Museum. And it will be just, um, as you come through the doors, obviously there's a big um, sort of, you know, the, the Mansell exhibit as you walk through. Um, you might hear my voice when you walk through. There's some bloke uh, pretending he's like a 60s DJ announcing records anyway so you you come to the bottom and there's the big pillars which is the original sort of uh, entrance and that's where it's going to be just in that little sort of meeting area and we're going to have an exhibition for a couple of months two months and a half and um, I'm going to put my little um, model that was made especially for for this whole thing I'm going to have that down there so people will be able to sort of see this this sort of to scale model that was put together by a guy called Lee from LNR Models. The pictures are on the website. It is so sweet. And I just can't wait for people to actually see it like in the flesh physically because that's what it was about. The reason why I commissioned it was because I wanted to have it in a museum exhibit. And the fact it's happening, I'm just so over the moon. So 1st of April is when the um the exhibit will go and we'll have like we'll have those handbills, we'll have the pictures, we'll use the video footage, we'll get some of the guys to come down and talk to people and we'll have a bit of a launch event. And um you know, I'd love it if you were there. Come come down and be Absolutely. part of it. Well I mean I
1: I've heard that also uh, the Beatles have agreed to reform the remaining Beatles in order to to perform at the the opening is that true
0: you confirm <laughs> that. that well sadly unfortunately that is not the case but hmm. I have some I have what I do have is some this is exclusive news especially for you I wanted to save this news for you because I am a fan of the podcast I think it's great what you do I think that it's about time somebody got out there and championed Mansfield and you're doing it in a different way and it's bringing back It's just, it's just. I just think it's fantastic what you do. So this is why I'm revealing this exclusively on your podcast. So So, yeah, the the um, (laughs) so the exhibition starts on the first of April, but the weekend before, on March the twenty sixth, I am going to put on a show, and um, the show is hopefully going to take place at the Forest Town Arena, and I am once again going to put on a Beatles act and it's going to be exactly 60 years to the day since the Beatles played in Mansfield for the final time because the thing about the Beatles coming to Mansfield was they didn't just come once they came twice oh yes back to back months February 1963 as part of the Helen Shapiro tour and March 26th 1963 came as part of the Chris Montez and Tommy Rowe remember those guys um <laughs> so was chris montez let's dance yes he was let's yes. dance chris montez pa- apparently a lovely fella uh, tommy rowe uh was the, uh, had a song called sheila out at the time but he later did dizzy which was then covered by big reeves and the wonder stuff and all that kind of stuff at a later point but um, but they were the big stars the big american stars coming over england um and uh yeah the beatles were on that and they came to Mansfield again 26th of, of, of March by around about that time the Beatles were sort of getting very popular because they they'd had a number one with Please Please Me and people were going wild at that point Beatlemania in England was just about beginning so when the Beatles first came to Mansfield it was you know they were kind of like um, people liked them and, but they were, they were a bit of a secret at that point Love Me Do have been released uh, did okay on the charts seen as a pretty seen as a relatively you know bankable bet by emi to keep them on you know as a as a band but my uh, but by the time they come back again in march they're getting big and in fact they're probably top of the bill aren't they let's think about it they're, they've been moved up the bill and suddenly the beatles are ahead of the american guys who i'm sure were pretty annoyed about that i'm guessing but um hey uh you know, that's the way it rolls. That's what fame's all about. So yeah, we're going to put on this gig and it's going to be a celebration of um, of that moment, 60 years. And um, the Beatles tribute band, the Hay Beatles are going to come and do it for us. They did it for us um, 10 years ago. We thought, let's do it again. Uh, but we're going to have other people on the bill. It's going to be a history night. It's going to, we're going to talk about the history. We're going to, it's just, we're just going to have fun. We're going to do some dancing. We're going to, you know, we're going to just, um we're just going to let our hair down and we're going to remember you know so uh, weirdly isn't it i mean 60 years on beatles still is big really
1: yeah
0: but there you go
1: absolutely but, spectacular and will the uh, are you going to pin the performance then to what they performed on the night
0: yeah the, the, at the moment, to, yeah, yeah it, uh, well yeah if we did that then the event would last probably about 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um the obviously the 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 total lineup and how it's all going to work isn't quite set up yet but my idea is that I would like them to play the actual as part of what we do the the actual songs that they played on the evening um and then to sort of finish off with we'll have like a big set of all you know Beatles classics and and that sort of thing so yeah but the, the sets that the people did on these package tours as they were called they were relatively short to be fair they probably played four, maybe five songs, um, if they were lucky. It was very much on and off, do your bit, get off. And that's, um, Beatles shows are pretty much like that throughout the whole time that they were touring. They never really did much more than 25 minutes on stage, which is quite surprising really, particularly when you see some of those footage of like Candlestick Park and and Shea Stadium where they played the big venues in America. Uh, and you think to yourself wow all those people turned up and they only got like 25-30 minutes so that's that's pretty impressive
1: well that's because uh, yeah. so hard and collapsed after 15 minutes anyway that you know there was there was nobody left uh, standing at that point
0: yeah yeah they were all so overwhelmed exactly. um, by it all um and, and apparently that the, the places like that they sort of invented didn't they i guess the big rock concert but at that point unfortunately they were inventing it inventing it before the technology caught up so the um, you know their amps and and systems they were using sort of the tannoy system in some of those places would have been pretty rubbish anyway so I guess it was just you know so all those people that went to see the Beatles from all of the small places in around Liverpool which they used to do through Mansfield through through the big London venues to Candlestick Park all all get the opportunity now if they're still around to say they saw the Beatles so it's a pretty cool thing to say. Unfortunately for me, I missed it, but you know, that's well, the way it rolls.
1: This is an amazing project. Of course, the Rolling Stones are a better band than the Beatles, you do know that, don't you?
0: Well, that's, that's, that's up for discussion, isn't it? <laughs>
1: um,
0: no, for no. me, I, I, love them. For I love them equally, but, I, I, well, I say I love them equally, I, I, I love them both, but um, unfortunately the Beatles just edge it, just for me. But you're entitled to your opinion.
1: That, that is very funny. Though. But anyway, this is an amazing project. Um, everybody should go and look at the website, the city footage. So I'll put the web address again in the, um, in the notes for this uh, podcast. Um, it's the Granada, <laughs> Mansfield. The
0: Granada Mansfield. Co. uk. <laughs> I always forget it. I was like getting it all mixed up all the time. Is it the Mansfield Co. UK? You could go on that. Uh, uh, no, it's not that. If you search for Mansfield Granada on a search engine, um we're pretty much at the top we were um i we did an article with um the Notts evening post and that article's at the top of the list now so i sort of feel like that we're still top of the list because we did the uh, you know when i say we um the granada mansell.co.uk team me um <laughs> we were we worked with them um on that the, the the chat have got some great old photos as well of, of the granada sort of in its final days and the outside of the granada of people sort of um looking very sad outside of it and yeah I, I wish that it was still there the part of me still can't fathom why they did it I understand that you know that was the way forward at the time was to you know create big shopping centers in in the center of town I'm not saying they shouldn't have been a shopping center I think that the four seasons is a fantastic place and I've got great memories of it particularly the fountains <laughs> the little sort of mushroom fountains uh, when I was walking around there as a kid but um, why can not they have kept the buildings of Westgate and built it behind them so that you walk through the buildings and then suddenly that's what you're in the... You know, demolish everything outside or keep the frontages or do something. Uh, but yeah, the Granada wasn't part of the original. So I can't blame the Four Seasons. You can't blame the Four Seasons for the Granada not being there. The Granada was was not part of the plans for the Four Seasons. The only reason why, as far as I can see, somebody may... Because there are different views. The only reason why i see the Grenada was demolished is down to the Grenada company and the reason for that is is because they already had a venue in mansfield they had two venues one of them being the century the hippodrome and what they want to do they want to create because bingo was a massive thing so we talked about tv being a you know n- not very good thing for for cinema bingo was another thing bingo was massive and they thought the money was in bingo rather than cinemas and i suppose maybe they thought oh maybe we could make the granada into a bingo hall but decided instead that they would make an application to build um a super bingo hall uh, behind the century on the land there where the hotel is now which they did it became granada bingo as as you may remember or people listening to this may remember later becoming gala bingo um and so they incorporated the old century building into that. They didn't need the Granada building anymore, sold the land to Littlewoods, Littlewoods demolished it, Littlewoods was put up, and then Littlewoods eventually became became part of the Four Seasons Shopping Centre. That's it in a nutshell. It might be slightly wrong. I'd love to find out the full details of it, but we can't blame the Four Seasons Shopping Centre, four season rocks as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> what can- thank you so much.
1: So that was Watko, uh, the wonderful uh, Ian Watkins, um, who um, presents a great, great show on Mansfield 103.2, uh, talking about Granada, some really exciting events lined up for early next year. We'll be there, won't we, Mum? We certainly will. Now, Watko says um, at the end of that interview, he says the Four Seasons rock. Do you like the Four Seasons Shopping Centre, Mum? Yes. What do you like about it? Uh,
2: Does it make you shake your hips like Elvis and rock? Well, well, yes. Yes. Go on, then. Does it? Oh, that's a bit oh, yeah. isn't
1: it? Okay. <laughs> so you're a big Elvis fan, aren't you? Not particularly, but...
2: Oh, I was a big Elvis fan, yes. When you first saw Elvis perform, what did you think? I loved him. You loved him? And where did you see him? I thought he was wonderful. Where did you see him first? How did you get to know about him? Uh, Well, it would be on the television and on the radio, of course, when you used to hear him. I used to love it when he went, you know, I loved him.
1: I remember singing you, uh, you singing to me when I was a boy, and uh, I have to say, it put me off music for years. But I thought one (laughs) exciting way to end this edition of the podcast is to get you to sing the theme tune as ever but this time in the style of elvis presley how would that right. be so, you know the words mansfield is a town in north nottinghamshire but done in
2: the manner of elvis the pelvis what do you say that's how you'll get it that's how you'll get it are you ready for me now
1: um, well, you know, I've gone into my um, nuclear bunker. So, yeah, I think I can just about take it.
2: Ho de hoo hoo Mansfield, hoo the town Who, hoo hoo is the town in North Nottinghamshire. hoo, hoo 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 hoo. Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire. Hootie hootie hoo, hootie hootie hoo, hoo-hoo-hoo.
1: Ho. Did you like that? Um, that provides conclusive evidence that actually Elvis is is not not dead after all. Because he's here with us singing the theme tune.
2: That's he certainly is. And I felt him, I felt my body shake.
1: <laughs> Did you? Well, I'm going to go and take an aspirin now, and uh, if you want to just sing it to us one more time, we'll um, we'll say good night.
2: Mansfield, Mansfield is a town ooh, de, ooh, de, ooh, in North Nottinghamshire. Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire. Oh dear. <ospace noise> Well, it's not in the
1: north, and it's not in the south. In fact, it's bang in the middle. I said, "Hey, you. Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire.